This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Lenovo. See more at Lenovo.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 408 being recorded on July 13th, 2016. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malventano. And it's been a riveting pre-show already, I think. I took a phone call. Yep. Alan fixed a chair. Yep. Well, that maybe. remains to be seen. We'll see if yeah. I start sinking or not. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess we'll see how that goes. Uh, so, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, this is, we talk about computer hardware here. It's it's a podcast about computer hardware. We do it every week. In fact, um, if you want to uh, see back episodes, I don't, I don't I don't know what the appeal is of back episodes of kind of a weekly repeating. I guess we want to hear specific thoughts on a particular product that maybe we talked about but then. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. You can go to pcpro.com slash podcast and find all of that. Ways to subscribe so you're always in the know on future episodes. Um, and we do record the show live uh, at pcpro.com slash live on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you go to pcpro.com slash live, you can get that there. Or if you need a gentle reminder, need a little update, uh, you can go to pcpro.com slash subscribe, and you'll get this little page here. And you sign up for our notifications list. You Just give us your name and your email. We send you an email, and we're going to do our live stream. It could be for the podcast. It could be for other stuff. We actually have a one coming up next Friday uh, with Ed from Sapphire, where he's going to come in and talk about a, a new Radeon card. Um, and we'll, we'll have some stuff to give away there and that, that'll be fun. Um, so if you want to win free things, sign up for that mailing list. So you are, uh, uh, notified exactly when that will occur. Uh, although I'll tell you now it's next Friday at 1 PM Eastern time. So, uh, sign up for that if you will. Also, uh, for, for those of you that are, are new, uh, we do have our running Patreon currently sitting at $2,222 and stayed there. Wow. 22 cents. And 22 cents. I could actually log in and get the individual cents out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, your ability, uh, uh, your option if you want to directly support us. Um, if you like the show that we do, if you like the content that we create, if you like to see more of that type of stuff, uh, as Sebastian says in the video, if you use an ad blocker and you feel guilty about it and you really should, you know, a couple <laughs> of bucks, three bucks a month, five bucks a month, 10, 20, 50, whatever you can do would be awesome. Uh, and it goes directly to us creating new content. It's, uh, you know, if you want to revert back to that design of PC perspective, look at that. That was good. Oh, yeah. Can you believe I did that all on my own? Yes. yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, we believe in you. Do you want to see more Josh in a bathtub? Uh, do you, you want to see Josh's mailbag? Right, yeah. You want to see Josh's mailbag? You could do it Freshly that way. Freshly shorn. <laughs> I am done with that conversation now. So that's at patreon.com/slash PC per. And as always, anybody that increases uh, or becomes a new patron during the show recording, I will uh, read your name off here. Actually, there you go. Kyle edited their pledge from five dollars to ten eighty. Maybe in celebration of him buying a new video card? Probably buying a new monitor. Oh, he'd be dropping a the new, price then. Buying a new, yeah, you're right. He's like, oh, sorry, I got to save this money. So thank you, Kyle, uh, who just increased their pledge up to $10.80. That's awesome. That's the kind of stuff we love to see. If you, if you like the content we do and you think it's worth it, please become a patron. Uh, we would love you for it very much. Um, I wanted to, uh, This is not my pick, but did you see my cup here? <laughs> you see this? Did you see all the internet stuff about the Mighty Mug going on over the last week or so? You didn't see this? No. Ken, I thought you were an internet guru. He doesn't he watch just prints his own mugs now. 
So this is uh, it's a mug that has like this weird suction cup on the bottom. So you can see how I like I put it down and I can pick it up and there's no mm-hmm. go, mm, take a drink, put it down. But if I'm sitting here with my laptop, I really hope this works now. I'm, <laughs> I'm just waiting. This, I'm waiting with this loner Lenovo laptop. Uh-huh. Uh, if I tap it pretty hard. I'm just wait. I'm it doesn't waiting. spill. The lid pops off, and away it goes. <laughs> no, nah, it's screwed on lid, um, and it's got like this weird uh, mechanism on the bottom. Some kind of valve that it's opens. Like a valve with this with a yeah. suction cup with a hole in the middle, and it when you push it to just one side, it actually closes the seal up. Mm-hmm. But if you pull it straight up, it doesn't actually ever seal. Now the problem is, is you can't put this on a porous surface. Yes. Well, you can, but well, you can. You it can, just, it, yeah. but it just is like a normal mug. It's just a normal cup at that point. Please don't spill it. Uh, but if you put it on like a glass service or even like a table. Now, if I oh. push it pretty hard, I can pull it out of there. So it's not, you know, it's not impervious. But, I mean, we were hitting it pretty hard. Yeah. All right. I think that's that's pretty Stop good. Stop beating your cup. For like 13 bucks, I'll take it. And I fill it with alcoholic beverage and or water depending mm-hmm. on the day exactly uh all right so let's, both. let's get into stuff that happened this week now what's interesting is a lot of the content that we're going to talk about actually happened immediately following last week's show so i feel yep. a little bit outdated in terms of the content but we're going to go through it anyway because a lot of people listen to the podcast and we don't read the site and i and for those people i say damn you Mm-hmm. Um, so it helps us a lot if you actually go to the site and read it and all that good stuff. So uh, NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1060, they announced that on Thursday of last week. Um, they they didn't go into a whole bunch of detail uh, other than what we were able to show you here in the story, right? It looks like this. This is the Founders Edition. This time it is a limited Founders Edition. Uh-huh. It's not a we promise to keep it running for the entirety of the line of the card. Okay. Right? This is a... This is more in line with the reference design that will eventually be killed off for partner cards. Uh, and I can already tell you, like, I have this card here. Obviously, I took pictures of it. Um, and I have a partner 1060 already as well. So, like, that's the plan is for them to get partner cards out. Uh, the reference slash founders edition cards will only be sold on NVIDIA.com. So that kind of gives you an idea of what their availability is. It's a new GPU, GP106. Uh, 1280 CUDA cores, 1506 megahertz base clock. Um, the same as the GTX 1070. 80 texture units, I think. 48 ROP units, I think. 6 gigs of memory running at uh, 8 gigahertz, GDDR5, not GDDR5X. It is a 192-bit memory bus instead of a 256-bit on the 1070-1080. That calculates out to 192 gigabytes per second of bandwidth. 120-watt TDP, uh, 16 nanometer, obviously, and the MSRP is 249. That's for the partner cards, 249. The founders edition will be 299. So another 50 bucks again. Yes, and again, that's another reason why, for the most most people, I will say, get a partner card yep. when they're available. Um, obviously, there's still a lot of complaints, valid ones, about whether or not partner cards are available for the 1070 to 1080 anywhere near the MSRP price. That's something we're following up on uh, this week. It's interesting to look at uh, the 1060 is clearly the RX 480 competitor mm-hmm. from AMD. Now, obviously, you know, core count doesn't really matter. Uh, clock count doesn't really matter in terms of direct comparisons. You know, you've got six gigs versus four or eight gigs for the 480. Um, you've got memory speeds about the same. You've got a bigger memory bus on the RX 480, higher memory bandwidth, 150 watt TDP instead of 120 watt TDP. Obviously, much higher uh, rated theoretical 
peak compute capability. Um, but no SLI, no SLI support. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Um, You'll have to buy an adapter for the four-pin power connector. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, it's going to win six-pin again. Oh, oh, I see. But it's see. lower power. Huh? No, this shot here shows you that the 1060 is a small PCB as well, almost the exact same length as the RX 480 above it. Um, but they move the six-pin connector off to the side, which is odd. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It, Ken says it looks better. It looks I think cleaner. it looks no. pretty stupid when you have one of those cards with the with the longer cool than PCB in like your machine. Like the RX 480, right? Yeah, and you have the power plugged in the middle. It just like kind of sticks out there. Yeah, I, I think on the end is would be a better place. I guess I don't. I don't disagree. Um, there were some initial complaints about oh. This means that like putting a water block on it and stuff is going to be more complicated. Changing the cooler, I, I think for the for the people who are doing that, the 1060 is not your car. It depends on what's on the inside. Like, is there just another? It's connect- wires to soldered yeah, on. It's, oh, it's soldered right to the board. Oops. But uh, the partner yeah. designs probably wouldn't have that. So if you wanted uh, to put I, a block I on it, yeah. Now. Partner designs could be however they want to lay it out. So yeah, same connection output as we've seen before. There's that. Um, the cooler does extend past the PCB. It's the same blower style. Isn't it? No SLI connectors. That's what you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? No SLI support on this. And confirmed with NVIDIA, no SLI. It's not using SLI through PCI Express. It's not doing any of that stuff. They just decided, meh, we don't want to do it. And I think that's a pretty – these are these are leaked benchmarks. I don't have any confidence in these necessarily. It shows it being 8.5% faster than an RX 480 if you want to look at that type of stuff. Um so what's like? What's everybody's take on this? Does the fact that it doesn't have SLI concern you? Um, the, the only thing that bugs me is that sometimes you'll have someone that can only afford the budget GPU, and then later on they can afford a second one. That's the exactly. only. That's really the only thing that bothers me about it. I wonder how many people do that. There's a lot of people that do that. I wonder. Hell, I, I don't know that. the answer. Nvidia knows the answer. I like, they'd be able to tell me how many people use nine sixty. What do you mean SLI? you did that? When I bought a six eighty, my six eighty wasn't a mid range card. It was a top a, of the line card. Well, I bought a six eighty, but then later I wanted a second one. <laughs> right. Sure. Their I'm argument is no. Nvidia's argument is that the ten sixty class buyer, somebody who's buying a two hundred fifty dollar yeah. card, is not going to run SLI. And the argument is that this is this is the card where you buy two of them and you can match performance of a 1080 or something like you can match performance of a higher end product, right? Could you theoretically match a 1080 with these with two of these? Well, we don't even know what one performs. At well, yeah, I mean, yeah. in theory, yes, because the uh, specifications are pretty much exactly half of a 1080. Okay, so then it almost sounds like they want. To make sure that their 1080 pricing stays, uh, but they've never they done were. that before. But they've never cared no, before. But have they ever had that a problem that clear before? Yeah, yeah like, I mean, two 960s would be two 1070s to will be the 1080. Sure. Yep. So, but it's a more expensive. Problem. Yeah. I I don't know. It, Jeremy, you were going to say something. I, I was just going to say that that when you're spending about that much on a GPU, I have a feeling you're going to hang on to that GPU for long enough that the cards will refresh again. So the next time you're going out to buy, you're probably not going to be buying the same card to double up. You're going to be jumping a generation more likely two or three. Yeah. So it, I, 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 I but at the same time, it's just weird taking it away because they're saving a buck a board, two bucks a board at a rough guess. Maybe. Yeah, and but I think it's, it's more development time yeah. of, of drivers yeah. and making sure SLI works it's on bit, something. Plus, Do you honestly believe that the qualification to get 1070, 1080 working doesn't also cover getting the 1060 to work? I would think so. 
right? Like, obviously, there's a little bit more, but it's, it can't be like, oh, it's we're not, adding 33% more, yeah. like, actual driver development time, right? I mean, it's, uh, what works it's, on the 1080 and 1070 has to work on the 1060. Obviously, performance levels are going to be different. But, but as, far as, uh, as far as qualification, like, testing. Well, how often have we seen, like, individual cards that uh, they've released drivers for that we've seen a bigger jump? Like, you know, with AMD, it's been kind of, you know, easy to see, like, with the 6950. Uh, they had some serious problems with that mm-hmm. skew, and you know who's to say that Nvidia hasn't had kind of similar problems? Because, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe the the driver presents uh, data and instructions in a certain way with with you know something that has X amount of uh, uh, SMUs. Is that correct? Yeah, I can't remember all the terminology, but it's got to adjust that for something that has fewer, or you know, or, or your SMUs have. Less CUDA cores in them, and so you've kind of got to probably look into that and adjust uh, the driver how it presents data and instructions in those circumstances. And when you're doing SLI and you want smooth frame rates, they probably have to do a lot of individual tune- tuning as well for each chip, whether it's Maybe. got disabled units or it's a different chip like the GP106. Correct. Right. This is GP106. I mean, I, and, yeah. this could also be a way of saving costs on that particular GPU, right? Because that's its own, that's its own part, isn't it? GP106 like is, yeah. Yeah. Well, they they have to put like special multiplexers and crap like that on SLI enabled GPUs to handle the actual SLI. Like, there's a multiplexer; it has a data pathway for data sure. for the frame to come in over the connector and go out. Yeah. You know, I mean, I c- it's extra hardware that they can remove from the chip. Yeah, I right? can't imagine that. I don't know. It, like you to think me, the hardware does, would actually be To me, it doesn't make or? any sense. Uh, you know, if, if, you're I, were, if I were to own, bet, yes, all the hardware is it, in that GPU, and they didn't make the decision to take away SLI until very late in the development process. If I had to guess, I don't know any. I don't know that for for sure, right? Or have any, you know, even any inside track on it. But um, like, if you look at the PCB, the places where the SLI bridges are empty, sure, and there's a kind of a dip. In uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they have to the cutouts. Like, like there's a dip here where like the cutouts yep. would be yeah. for two of them. Yeah, not just one. Like the GTX 960 only had one, I think. Yeah. So just shave that board back and see if you can find that. See if I can find some traces in there. Find some traces. To me, it's it's the oddest decision. I, I don't think it will affect that many people, but I don't know. Maybe it kind of just- seems to me that the people who want to do SLI are going to only use, for the most part, I mean, yeah, there are going to be some odd folk. Well, not I'm not saying they're odd or strange, but you're a little <laughs> odd and strange. If, if you're going to, you know, want better performance, just get the highest I, card that you can get. I, yeah, I, I trust me. That's my recommendation all the time. But the argument of I have $250 today and in five months I will have $250, like – Another two hundred fifty dollars. Th- yeah, another two hundred fifty dollars with which to yeah. to buy a second to sixty, which you I are going to have. And I won't be able to buy a ten eighty. You are going to have more headaches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like you'll have all the SLI headaches and all the multi GPU headaches. Yeah. And Nvidia has already you know gone down this pathway of cutting three yeah. and four way SLI completely. Yep, yep. So to me, like, and and the night they could have just put one SLA on there. You're only limited to two. I don't know. It's it's a little odd. So uh, the reviews on that uh, will go up with availability on was it the nineteenth? Something like July that. July nineteenth. Well, yeah. doesn't Steam surveys kind of 
show you who is actually using multi GPU and it's something like what three to five percent of, of gamers. Yeah, but it doesn't give you a breakdown of what GPU those individuals are using. Yeah. Um, and it could just very well be that NVIDIA is protecting their, uh, as someone in the uh, chat mentioned there, they're protecting the price and the value yes, of but, their but, 1070 but and 1080 GPUs. But, like, do they have to? Like, They've does never that done even it ma- before. Does that even make sense? Like, a, a consumer has the money to buy two cards right now who isn't looking to add in a second one later would probably just buy a 1080 than buying two 1060s and that's a lie. Yeah, I don't... And it's I, like they're having issues selling 1080s and 1070s. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So there's the 1060 preview. Next week, we'll have uh, the review. So good luck for that. Uh, a couple of uh, uh, Patreon updates from our awesome viewers. Cyclops edited their pledge from $50 to $50.99. I think that counts. Thank you, Cyclops. Uh, Arbiter... 99 Arbiter pledged 5 bucks. All right. What? Wow. I know. JP uh, Dalimer pledged 420 And <laughs> Victor Suarez pledged three bucks. Ooh. Sweet. There we go. Appreciate it very much, guys. Donkey shorts. Donkey shorts. Uh, yeah. There you go. Donkey shorts indeed. Um, so uh, this is also another thing that happened on Thursday. We talked about a little bit of what was going to happen. Of course. Yeah. Uh, the AMD Radeon RX 480 power consumption concerns fixed. Basically, uh, AMD released that driver 16.7.1 that we talked about on last week's podcast that they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And we hypothesized what they might do and what impact it might have, even though I had done pretty much all of the testing or a lot of the testing already and had seen what they had done. Um, long story short, is go read the article because it's really interesting. <laughs> hey, so my drawing's actually wrong. It's wrong? A little bit. Why didn't you change it? That extra VRM up there that didn't have a heat sink on it in the yeah. upper right corner? Yeah. That was drawn off the PCB even though it was one millimeter away from the six pin? Yeah. That's the VRAM. Uh, you should fix that. I'm going to. Okay. But that's the VRAM uh, okay. supply. Um, so despite the diagram being wrong, the information is correct in here. So basically the, this new driver does, it fixes the problem in two ways. Um, the first one is out of the gate. Everybody gets it. All RX 480s, at least the cards that have this, this issue, um, the reference cards will by default now switch, which, uh, uh, which source of 12 volt power PCI express slot or the six pin connector is drawing more power. So this is what it looked like before. If you look at this graph, Total power is up top, and then this green line and this white line down here are 12-volt power from the motherboard slot and 12-volt power from the 6-pin, yep. right? And they're identical, which is odd. It's not fundamentally a problem, but it's different than we've ever seen on any other video card, honestly. The problem is, is that they're both drawing close to 80 watts in this instance, right? So look at it with this new driver. And you'll see that the total power stays relatively close to the same. Uh, but now these two lines are split. The 12-volt power from the motherboard is significantly lower than the 12-volt power from the 6-pin connection. Mm-hmm. So um, They basically shifted, like, uh, that controller can be reprogrammed. The power controller uh, that basically determines when the phases turn on and off mm-hmm. on the board can be adjusted slightly. Yep. Through microcode, microcode injection or updates or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Injection is not an exploit. Well, <laughs> technically it's injecting it because it does it on every boot. Yeah, yeah, The driver um, just te- instructs that controller after the after the boot process is done. Uh, wait, hey, it has to do it on every boot? It can't just, like, flash it? That would require a VBIOS. Of, right. 
in the driver, you can do it at, at every boot. Yeah. You'd yeah. have to update the VBIOS directly, which is a much more complicated thing. Every vendor has their own like little fan tweaks and stuff, even on the reference So if you use Linux, you're screwed. Uh, no, I mean, they can put that in there. I mean, they can put it in the Linux driver. Yeah. If they did. Well. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no. But, you know, it basically just sends the command, you know, to, to bias the, the phases more towards the six-pin phases. The, the three phases that come from the six-pin connector yeah. now have a higher weight of yeah. uh, of emphasis on where the power comes from. So yep. the result is uh, pretty good, right? And then this is, uh, if you look at current, this is current draw. Right from the motherboard, twelve volt, and uh, the six pin, twelve volt. Want to be below right five and a half before the new driver, and here it is after the new driver. So clearly, obviously, if power's going down on one, the current is going down. Yep. Um, and and, uh, almost, and that's it. with only the the driver alone, right? And no tweaks, you get all like damn close to five point five amps. Pretty close. Yeah. But there's a second thing they did as well, and this is an optional thing in the driver uh, called compatibility mode did i have a screenshot of that in here i thought i did maybe i didn't i don't know did you um compatibility mode is now a switch in the driver that you enable and it will actually let me me, me first say this the the other one the other fix we talked about that happens to all the cards it does not affect performance at all correct because it's still drawing the same amount of power yeah it just draws it differently it's just drawing more from the six pin than the motherboard this other compatibility switch actually will change performance of your system probably because it's actually going to lower the total power draw of the GPU. It's going to lower from the six pin and from the motherboard slot equally or mm-hmm. in linear proportionally. proportionally, thank you, down. Um, but the goal is total power drop. Yep. But at the not- same time, they also had other tweaks that they were about to push out. In a driver to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. give some a sure. little bit of free increases in performance, right? Because if you because if you didn't if you don't throw that switch, you actually get like a possibly like a what three percent gain? Well, yeah, in performance. Yeah. So with that switch pulled, power consumption looks like this, right? So uh, uh, the motherboard slot with the old driver was seventy nine watts, pulling it through twelve volt. Uh, went down to 71 watts with just the new driver, and then with the driver and the compatibility mode on, it went down to 67 watts, mm-hmm. right? And you can see that the six-pin power kind of goes up accordingly. But notice at um, with the compatibility mode on in this column, like it actually goes from 91 to 85 and 71 to 67. So total power draw is noticeably lower yeah. at 16.7.1 with compatibility mode on. So... Um, it's definitely that switch is definitely lowering power, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and we tested it at 4K uh, on Metro. We also tested it in Tomb Raider and The Witcher Three, and those basically kind of mirror those same results. A little bit different, but like the same kind of uh, uh, ratios down. So, how much lower did it go on performance? So, the the, the it, here's what's interesting, right? We tested Metro at 4K in all those instances, and this is the graph that's that's interesting to look at. Uh, at this 50 percentile mark, this is almost our average frame rate. And the orange line up top is actually the new driver with compatibility, compatibility mode off. Okay. It's actually slightly faster than the other two results. Yeah. The uh, 16.6. Basically, 16.71 would be your 3% or so performance improvement over 16.62. Mm-hmm. Right? However, if you um, enable the compatibility mode, you actually drop a little bit in performance because of it lowering total power draw. 
which basically equates it to the performance level with the higher power draw with the old driver. Right, it's just kind of a happy coincidence that these two things happened at the same at the same time. So, for me, if I were an RX four eighty owner, I would be I would install sixteen point seven point one. I think sixteen point seven point two is what actually came out to the consumer, but it's got the same changes in it. And I would not turn compatibility mode on because the powers drop dramatically, and you get a little bit better performance out yeah. of it. And it if is you're a- running low end hardware and you're worried about it or you're very particular about it. You can enable compatibility mode and it will lower performance yep. or it will lower power draw and it will bring performance back essentially to where we found it at the beginning, at the of, beginning of the thing. RX 480 yeah. launch. It's not a huge change. I mean, you're talking like 3% no. change. No. I mean, here it is. I mean, you're talking about this is Witcher 3 at 1080p. Uh, yeah. Kind of a less noticeable gap between, uh, between the two things um, here. Can show this graph yeah. real fast. Yeah. So, here, so like if you're, if you're really super worried about your motherboard but like honestly even in my opinion like you're yes technically you're still over but you're so close to the limit still like it brings you very close without compatibility mode on and it's like close enough for for even us to be like you're probably okay i i I would agree i would agree um Um, i I think it's it's it was good of them to respond as quickly as they did they got a driver out with with two fixes in it technically um and they solved the problem and i don't think anybody hates us at amd because of it I mean, maybe probably. I mean, probably they do. I mean, they were pretty they much made like, them work over the Fourth of July weekend in Canada Day. Apparently, so. once, once you bastards. It, it was basically like there was just this moment where it was like, oh, it's over five point five amps. Oh, and then everybody was on the same page and they they fixed it. Yeah, you know, because they realized, oh, okay, that's oh wait, that's actually a limit. And they are okay. drawing more power from the six pin connection than it's technically rated at, but nobody really cares. We're, we're fine with that. Yeah. Um, because the, the pins can handle like eight amps. Yeah, the pins are rated at like eight amps a piece. Certainly not the first time they've done that either. Well, no, that's true. Yes. Severe yeah. thunderstorm. Watch, that's what's going on outside too. Now. Oh no! So it's gonna rain. Uh, so okay, let's move on to the next uh, little bit here. Maury posted a review of the Primo Chill pra- Praxis. You think I'm saying that right? Prax, I, I guess. It's like the game developer. Praxis yeah. Wet Bench Test Bench Case Review. Ooh. Wet, ooh, wet, wet bench. bench. Are you interested? That like Seba- Sebastian should have reviewed that. It gets me moist. Yeah. I Don't say that word. <laughs> Sebastian? <laughs> yeah, Sebastian. <laughs> don't say don't Sebastian. Say word. <laughs> um, so this is basically an open-air case. It's really kind of meant for people who are displaying their components. You know, think companies at trade shows or... Uh, people like Crazy Mori at QuakeCon. Um, this is what that what that's meant, right? So your motherboard mounts here. Your video cards mount to this part. Uh, all the ugly stuff like power supplies and whatnot kind of go underneath and hidden away. Um, it's obviously got space for water cooling in it, hence the term wet bench. Here's kind of a, a mock-up of what a diagram is. You can see it's actually pretty cool with places to mount the radiators and stuff. Hey, nice pun, radiators, dude. But it's pretty cool. What did I What did I say? It's, it's, you said it's pretty cool. Oh, it, yeah. uh, yep. Yep, I did it on purpose. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it, and it does support two optical drives if you need that for some reason. Four hard drives or four SSDs. Um, ATX power supply is up to 300 millimeters in length. Uh, it's a pretty good size deal here. I'm going to switch through. Uh, let's look at kind of like a final build that, that Mori put together. Uh, with this guy there's a lot of pieces if i want to know one thing about putting together like uh test bench style things like that acrylic one from uh who made that puget puget systems 
there's a lot of there are a lot of pieces to that that had to be wedged together. Um, come on, where are we at here? Let's get to our final assembly. There we go, starting to come together. You can see the hard drive mounted back there. I, I for me, this is it's cool looking, um, and it's also functional. If you're somebody that changes stuff out a lot, this is the type of system or type of case you need. Like all, you know, most of the time we're testing an open air test benches because of the frequency of uh, of hardware changes here. Um, and this would allow you to do that. I just don't know what the what the market. What do you think the size of the market is for this type of chassis configuration? Right, like you can't have cats. Nope. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or small children. Well, you could have cats. I mean, but. they'll only touch. They'll only touch the fan <laughs> once. Had cats. True. Yeah. Had cats or only touch once. Yeah. Although Ken didn't learn that lesson. Shut so. up. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it, it's cooler, Maury. Maury. Maury says it's a really high quality, like well built product. I like the fact that you can mount the radiator there at the backside. Yeah, uh, like, yeah it doesn't kind of interfere with anything else. Um, all the all radiators, radiators go out the backside. You can yeah, sing that, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not very well, obviously. God, I'm a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> All my radiators bring the boys to the yard? Is that what we're no, doing? No, no, no. Round the outside, round the outside. Oh, okay. Yeah, round no, the it wasn't great. Side. Sure. It wasn't great, Josh. I'm not going to lie. No, it was it was pretty piss poor. Uh, where am I looking here? There you go. So uh, my only, well, my not my only complaint. A complaint of this is that it is expensive. Um, it is, maybe you put it on the first page there. What was it? Weaknesses. Possibility of electrical conduction between surface-mounted components because of steel structure. Ooh. Well, but wait. Doesn't that apply to every Lack case? of drive and power LEDs. Okay. Lack of instructions to every for case. installing like, and using vandal switches. I can see, like, acrylic. Sure, acrylic doesn't conduct. But. Bloody vandals get into everything. I mean, yeah. doesn't it have standoffs? Yes. It does. How much is this thing? Oh, here it is. Up top. $184. Yeah, it's a bit steep. It's steep. And it's, you know, it's only yeah, it's, it's handmade. It oh, okay. It's a very niche product. Like it's available at performancepcs.com or primochill.com. Well, if by handmade you mean they have a laser cutter program to make it. Yeah. No, we mean Mori built it by hand. <laughs> I thought people chiseled these out. <laughs> that's not the, that's not the case. Only the finest components fall off of this chassis. <laughs> Nice. So if you find yourself interested in an open air test bench, uh, check out, check out the review again. It's a a pretty niche product. So, uh, Primo chill Praxis P R A X I S wet bench is what you got there. So there you go. All right, Alan, you going to talk to us, Alan? Yes, I am. Samsung 850 Evo four terabyte, two and a half inch SATA SSD review. Is it, is it, is it just an Evo with four terabytes? It's just an Evo with four terabytes. Great. Awesome. Let's buy it. It's pretty much, well, it's, 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 but it's, but it's, but it's $1,500. Well, yeah, there you are know. two problems with that availability and yeah. Uh, it's yeah. not for sale yet. When's yeah. it going to say like the 29th uh, or something? It's, it's something late this month. Yeah. Um, but does it get the same controller and everything? Is it 48 layer? layer? It, it's 48 layer. Yeah. Uh, remember, they're rolling out 48 layer into all of their previous models as well. And like the 128 or 120 gig Evo is eventually just going to like fall off. 
because they're, yes. they're not going to make a 48 yeah, layer version of that. 5500, one terabyte, two terabyte, four terabyte today. Yeah. Because right. that spec sheet no. is actually covering... They, they made it unnecessarily confusing because they didn't make it a new model number. So all of those parts are intermixed. Right, right, right. 32 layer and 48 layer. Yep. Um, unfortunately. But, yeah, but we saw. Yeah, I don't care unless there's six gigabyte or six terabytes of over provisioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a, nothing like that. You, um, you've tested both the 32 and the 48 layer SKUs, and there's no performance delta. There was a very slight latency improvement on the 48 layer, which we actually showed. Like a, the yeah. latency percentile stuff was the only thing that actually showed a difference. Like fault copy speeds, everything else was like the same. IOPS pretty much the same. Um, you know, very very subtle changes. But my concern was that performance might go down. Yeah. And I want to make sure that it mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. And it didn't, obviously. Can, right. I, can I see, can I show the insides first? Yeah, there's the guts. Uh, guess what? It looks just like the two terabyte 32 layer mm. uh, model because any? it's the same number of packages. It's the same number of dies. So eight packages. Yep. 512 gigabytes per. That's crazy. Per package. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. So... Can I just get? Can I just like take one of those off, solder it onto something else, just have a 512 gig like fast just, just SSD? Yeah. Well, then you would have that other uh, SSD of theirs where the controller is and, and the package that we talked about mm, a couple weeks okay, ago. Right. Yeah. Because this is this is the controller here, and yep. this is just DRAM. That's DRAM. They had to double that compared to the two terabyte <laughs> model because yeah. it's uh, that's yeah. where you keep all you know the the FTL and everything for it to be able to manage its flash right um the, the faster than light i, I put a note in there about using rufus and having uh, efi and turn off csm and all that stuff because if you're going to try to boot from this this is over two terabytes uh yes it is uh, so now yes. now you have to do it's efi like hard drive issue we had when we crossed two terabytes it, oh it, no yeah except that like back around when that was happening a lot of people were shifting over to having an ssd and then having those larger than two terabyte drives just be secondary drives right right um this is potentially something you're going to put in your laptop yeah. and and be your only storage right i yeah, or any obviously system for that yeah matter. or any system for yeah, that right. matter um and you just want like one c drive when you do that so you just have to kind of use some caution and have a special kind of usb installer ready to go do i need to look at any performance pages here uh look at the last second to the last page there right. um and that is a new thing I'm trying out where... So that first picture there is a 30 microsecond BitTorrent download, an actual BitTorrent download, like what it looks like in Task Manager. Okay. Um, and it's not just a nice flat... Did you say 30? 30 meg per second. Because it says 41. It says 40. It's at that moment, that, okay. which is the peak on the right side of that, uh, I see, of that I see, plot. I see. Um, the, the average was 30, but you could tell it's bouncing around up and down because the BitTorrent client, like most of them will cache some amount of data and then they pay it out to the disk as the cache gets full okay uh, you know and then they just kind of dump in this case on and off like you know every other second or so it was putting around 40 meg per second on the disk so the average was 30 but it was kind of like waiting to to have like 40 meg worth of stuff to put on the disk right well i took that idea along with the idea of trying to launch stuff from the disk so imagine you're a gamer and you're you're playing games. Well, you have like other stuff downloading in the Say background. Say I'm downloading a 30 megabyte per second torrent, yeah. and yeah. then I load up Doom. Yeah, you're trying to load Doom, and Doom's trying to load, uh, you know, a couple hundred meg, or maybe even Probably a couple a of gig, or then, yeah. Y- yeah. So we're kind of covering both there because what I did was the recorded part of that run uh, is 100 seconds long, and every 10 seconds I'm loading 200 meg. 
and I'm doing that while the download is going. Okay. But it's hmm. all simulated. It's right. a simulated workload, right? Um, so the idea is, uh, first of all, what's worth noting is uh, that draw SSDs that are like SLC caching with TLC, like the hybrid style SSDs, mm-hmm. like Trions and Evos and, you know, all those drives. Um, if you, if the, the right is paced in that way, uh, the cache never gets full. Even the slowest drive, the cache never got full. So every time that application or whatnot was trying to write some data to the, to the SSD, it always went to SLC. Okay. Okay. So that's something worth noting because then it doesn't really matter. It's positive. It, it's, po- it's a positive thing, yes. Uh, and it actually puts all of those TLC drives, as long as they have an SLC cache, on equal footing with MLC drives. They all okay. kind of perform about the same, right? Sure. Which, which is the, the thing that you know I, I've kind of argued in the past. It's like, where are you going to get, you know, it, say the drive had like a 10 gigabyte SLC cache on it. Where are you going to get more than 10 gig at, at greater than, you know, 100 meg per second, right? right? Um. So there's that part. Um, but there's a counter to that. The drives that have SLC caches and, and then in the background, right from that SLC to the TLC, now we're trying to do a read. While either you're writing to the SLC or even if that write was done, the SLC is trying to unload itself to the TLC. Okay. So it's kind of challenging. And then you can tell on the left side of that chart, that's a try on 150. Mm-hmm. And every a couple of those These loads, spikes. yeah, a couple of those loads, it gets tripped up, and it and the drive pe- saturates at 100 percent active time. So what we're looking at is the the smaller spikes are writes. Those are the writes. Okay, that's that's your download going, mm-hmm. and, and these higher spikes are I'm loading an application. Yep. What is it? 200 megs. Trying to load 200 meg. Well, trying to load 200 meg application. Maybe you're starting up Photoshop. Maybe you're opening up uh, Excel, a big Excel document, something like that. Right. Yep. Yep, and the difference is these spikes are very repeated and kind of regular, and it, but it looks like in this drive we're seeing some. Yeah, well, the, the, the actual throughput is the bottom part of the plot, but the active time is the top part. Okay, okay. so if you see the active time spike up to one hundred percent and kind of stick there right. for a second, that means the drive is still trying to load that thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, so even though if I'm looking at the write speed of 41 and 39, they're uh-huh. they're close-ish, uh, but the read yeah. speed over that time span leans towards the Evo four terabyte, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's showing it's doing 200 it, megs. It's doing it much faster, second, right? Yeah. Whereas the Trion 150 is doing it at 134 yep. megs now, per now, second. Now realize that picture is totally not the way that we're measuring the output here. We're using all of our percentile stuff, right? Right. 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 The, the thing that's the the program that's applying the workload is also logging every single io and you know how long they all took mm-hmm. and whatnot and we're able to add all that stuff up uh thanks to the the new testing so now we can show uh the first chart there is actually the speed at which those drives were reading and writing but only during the times that they were actively reading or writing okay only during the time okay so, so it's not, not the gaps in yeah, between. Because otherwise, for the, gaps otherwise the reads would look like 20 meg per second or something because you're spreading 200 meg per second over every 10 seconds. Right. Like it would look like a very slow speed, right? It's only while there's IOs in progress okay. uh, that, it's, that it's calculating that speed for. And there's a lot of SATA drives there. The first whole, uh, I think, 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all look, there are faster and slower ones, but notice 
how much more equal footing they kind of have with each other. And there's some that some drives that are actually kind of slow. Like, the, you know, there's Tryon was kind of slow. I actually didn't have Tryon in that The MX-300 chart. is the slowest on this. MX-300 the was the slowest on the reeds. It was actually almost the fastest on the rights, though. Right. Okay, okay. so... Correct. Let me say that. Way. Yeah. But which one are you going to notice? The downloads going in the background, right? If the that reads thing, of your the starting up of your application is more important. Yeah, in this that's case. that's the thing that yeah. you're going to be paying attention to. This is like um, we should all get 950 Pros though. Well, 950 Pro is amazing on reads. Yeah, um, it's even better than. So this the, is the this is kind of interesting because we talk about we always ask, will you see a difference if you get an NVMe drive? Will you mm-hmm. notice? Will you feel a difference if it's an NVMe drive versus a, a high end SATA drive? And, like, our best SATA drives are showing 450 megabytes per second reads, um, but we're over 1.1 gigabytes per second per second yeah. on that. Is that something you think you would notice if you're starting up the well, 200 meg application? Go, go to the next chart if you want to know what you okay, would really I notice. Will. I'll go down there. Because here. that is the total amount of time spent <laughs> reading all of that information during that test. So it's the total of the information. In other How words, many- two gigabytes. Okay, so it's 10 200 meg loads. Yep. And they're and they're interspersed every 10 seconds across like while this download is going on. Okay. Okay. Uh, and that is the total time taken. So if you were I I I would imagine like launching Doom and going into the first level probably reads like a couple of gig worth of textures and stuff like that because it's an awful big game. It's like 50 gig. Yeah. Um yeah. Might even be more more than that, right? But 2 gigs kind of a round number for Okay, how long does two gig worth of stuff take to load, right? Okay. And there are all the numbers. So While writes are going on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the, the fastest SATA drives are running at like around four and a half seconds-ish. Um, the MX300, which we noted was slower earlier. And here you can see how much slower it is. It goes mm. from four and a half to seven and a half seconds. And then something like a 950 Pro drops to less than two seconds. Hmm. So... I mean, that's just that's what those times look like. That's that's the amount of total time that you'd be sitting there waiting. You know what I'm I'm really missing from that graph? What do you know what I'm really missing? What hard drive, sand disk, ultra (laughs) two, okay, Uh, Josh, I actually tried running this test on the sand disk ultra two. You want to know what happened? Yes. I can't include the results because they were disqualified because it could not catch up with the writes fast enough to be equal to the same writes that all the other drives did. Oh. Uh, yeah. Same thing happens with the hard drive, actually. That's why I can't put a hard drive in those results either. Because hmm. a hard drive just sits there and starts chewing on itself while you try to do writes and reads at the same time, mm-hmm. and it starts missing IOs. And the total, like, when, the, when, these, when this test is done, I have results I can look at what is the total amount of writes the total amount of read IOs that happened. And the numbers didn't add up. Mm. <laughs> it was a lower number. <laughs> and in the case of the Ultra 2, I want to say the write IOs was like less than half uh, of the other drives. Could be an interesting statistic in and of itself. It, yeah, but it's, like, it you know, doesn't I, make I wonder it, if they updated it, the firmware and maybe fixed some problems. And that's, what, you know, that's the, the double-crossed fingers. They might I have done some stuff. Amazon so, has a great return policy. You don't need to keep that drive. The, 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 issue, <laughs> the issue I found with that drive when I was looking at it was just it, it really did not like random writes at all. Like, it just, it was like thumb drive Yeah, action. but those wouldn't be random writes that you're testing here right i'm Correct. testing Damn. well i'm testing random writes 
uh, because I'm doing the writing to a part that's preconditioned 4K random. Right. So I'm being that. I'm being a okay. little I'm being a little harder on it for the, from the right standpoint sure. than a typical BitTorrent download would be. Um, but a BitTorrent download is not purely sequential either. It downloads in relatively small blocks of data, and then yeah. As but the, if it's caching it, it's probably writing out the cached portion. It doesn't write it sequentially. It writes the, the places of the file that it down the pieces of the file that it downloaded. It puts in into the places the, into the holder of yeah into, into the, the correct place because within that file torrents will create like a if it's a two, a gig, two, two gigabyte torrent it'll create a two gigabyte dummy yeah. file. Yeah, it'll lay the file there empty, but then yeah. it'll do the writes, and each so, section counts as a random write. Okay. It's not as small of a random, right? It's not 4K, right, right, right. but it's still random. So, okay. That testing aside, this 4-terabyte yep. drive basically performs exactly as you would expect it to. Basically exactly. identical to the 500-gig drive. Yep. Now, why is it not cheaper per gigabyte? I don't know. Uh, really this, frustrating. That's what's frustrating is because this is the same guts except for twice the DRAM. It's not even, it's not, it's not even more dies than the 2-terabyte with 32-layer VNAND. Right. It's the same number of dies. It's, it's the same number of packages. Layer instead of- it's just forty-eight layer, and the forty-eight like I understand cents per gig is not impressing me. Yeah, and I was hoping that when the forty-eight layer stuff came out, then that was going to lead to because even you were excited about it. You're like, hey, it's more dies per wafer, and like this can- should be this is the MSRP though. This should be a four hundred dollar drive. How- Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want 10 cents a game? 10 cents per game. <laughs> you want this to be 400 bucks? <laughs> I, I don't know why everybody you know, laughs. That's, it's, it's what we want it when, to be. When you think 4 terabytes for 400 bucks, that's when you realize that we're probably not going to be there for a little while. How much is I want my $12.80, 128-gigabyte SSD. Uh, yeah, right? I always said it had to be mass drives. Yeah. So... It might take us a while to get there, but I do think it should be less than like the thirty-eight cents a gig. Yeah. It's I the mean, same thirty-eight long, cents a gig number yeah. that we keep seeing. How long do Samsung drives spend at their MSRP? Not a whole lot of time. These these True. are. I think when I looked at these, the active Evos that are for sale yeah. were at thirty-eight, thirty-seven. Yes, cents that's not what they gig. launched at. Um, but but I I don't know. Sure, I guess I guess they didn't. I don't know. I don't know. There was a actually, I think thirty cents per gig makes us a twelve hundred dollar drive, which is much better. I have three hundred dollars or so. What's what's a one yeah. terabyte Evo cost right now? Twenty five cents per gig makes that a thousand dollars. Yeah. So, I mean that that's that's to me is 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 the is the deficit there. I think it's great that we have a four terabyte drive that's just like a simple SATA drive. Boom, plug it in, and it's fast and. It's, no qualifications to it, but oof, fifteen hundred bucks. So I mean, it's not; it's a little bit more expensive than four one terabyte A50 Evos right now, which I don't think is unreasonable. They're yeah, three hundred seventeen. They're three hundred seventeen dollars a piece. It should be less than than four one terabyte drives because there's less shit. Yes, but they make yeah. it in way, way small volumes. I imagine. I mean, it's it's all made in the same place. It's that's, not like they that, change the form factor because that's, it's that's four the other terabytes. thing. It's like I don't see so many of these shipping that just because of volume, the price starts coming down. Unfortunately, at this capacity, Vo- the volume but, is in the flash. The volume is not but, in the yeah, metal housing. I know, right? But then you would argue that the price of all of them is supposed to come down on yes, forty-eight layer. I would. Yeah, I am. Well, I think the reason that the other ones haven't is because they're still moving volume of thirty-two layer flash parts. Maybe. Because you could still buy the 120 gig. Fire sale. All I want is a fire sale. Well. Um, Let's do it. There was a... Before we move on, there was one... Uh, I noticed one of the commenters brought something up, which is actually an interesting point. Uh, this is rated at 300 terabytes written 
for its warranty, mm-hmm. which normally, normally is a very big number. You think that's a pretty <laughs> decent number. It's four terabytes. If you divide one by the other, you only get 75. Yeah. So you can really write to it. So you can only times. fill this thing front to back 75 times before you've ex- exhausted its write capacity for its warranty. Now, their concern was, hey, wait, like, does this mean that it's such, such bad flash or something? It, can only, it can't handle more than 75 writes. I would bet this thing can handle a heck of a lot more than 75 writes because the same flash with the same, rate, the same kind of ratings. Let's when you break s- the $1,500 hard drive. SSD. Just start writing it tonight. It would go. It would go away. That would take a long time. Three years now. I mean, didn't we learn anything from from Jeff from Tech Report? How how long? Over two hours to to do one cycle. So 150 hours. Yeah, but it would still keep going. Is my point. Yeah. Well, Well, you don't know it would. Like if you went. (laughs) What if what if it hit 75? (laughs) 75. It just breaks. Turned off. Well then, uh, okay. Sorry. 256 gig drive. Sorry. (laughs) Right. Um. Hmm. No, but um, but think of the over provisioning on that two hundred yeah, yeah, six yeah. gig drive. So <laughs> I, I believe what they're what they're doing there is they're just kind of stuck with like a reasonable terabytes written for a consumer drive, and they're just like, look, that's that's because if you're just using this for normal stuff, like you're not gonna. There's no reason they shouldn't warranty it for more. I, I it agree. Makes, it makes no sense. Well, maybe it's stand because... behind your flash. No, and... no, no. Because somebody somebody could get one Sing of these. Sing that too. Stand by your flash. No. Exactly. Um, somebody could get one of these or a bunch. Because those bids. Put them in a server. And advantage. put them in a server and beat the crap out of them. And if it was rated at like 3,000 terabytes written or something like that, it would take you an awful well, long so time. Okay, even in the server. There's a middle ground what is, what, is, what is the ratio of, of what? like comparison to a 500 gig drive, what's it rated at? Oh, I'd have to Like I how many times could you write it? it like... What is Way the more than write 75. ratio per gigabyte? Is it it's in the, is it significantly it's in the, worse than this? It's in the spec sheet, which is on the it's on the, it's first, on the first page, page right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I, got I'm in, just, they got endurance like, on there. Um, yeah, it just it cuts in half. Are when they you covering go down the there. same amount of gigabytes? Well, it, but they it just even, seems like less because it's such a big drive. They even bracket them. Yeah, if you look at it, so like seventy five terabytes for the one hundred and twenty gig model. So five hundred gigs. That's three hundred times you could write the fifth, the five hundred gig drive. Yeah, with the same flash on it. Yeah, see my point? Like it's like, and then how know, many? Like so, three hundred times divided by five hundred gigs is point six. I don't know if that means anything. It's point six. It's a number of you want to multiply it and figure out the terabytes you can write on the warranty. If you do well, the no, you see what's actually happening. You remember that Keanu Reeves movie? <laughs> Where he doubled he his in internal capacity. Yeah, and his brain started I think Samsung's like, doing the same thing, too. <gasps> yeah. And they're just burning out the flash. If, if you do like, the... Yeah, this is only 0.018. I don't know what that number is. Yeah. No, it's multiply if you do, them. Don't divide them. Get the amount of terabytes you can write to the drive in the warranty okay, and compare so 4, them. Okay, so 4,000... Let's see. Well, I Hold mean, on. Well, the number is 300 terabytes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's already calculated. It's just 300. Okay. And then, yeah. But if you do, if you use the 120 gig model, which is rated at 75, you get 625 cycles. Okay. Like that's a much higher number than seventy five. Yes, exactly. True. That's so, what I was trying so to get. So they're basically like, just like they're, what is the cycle per they're, piece? They're, of- they're kind of it's almost like their terabyte written is based more on like, okay, the people that buy a two and a four terabyte drive, they're gonna be much more of a power user, they might write more stuff to it, but yeah. we're not they're just not rating it like they decoupled it I mean, from the number of the cycles. Five hundred to four terabyte drive is four times or no, is eight times as much yeah. data, but you're only doubling your write warranty. Yeah. yeah. 
Right, so it's it's a factor but, of four. But, but, then, but how long the would it take you to it actually write? Doesn't, that doesn't matter. How, how, sure like, it does. How, how, what's what's the other term of the warranty? How long is the warranty? Five years. Okay, you could That's, probably do that in five so I years. Think, I think that does really? matter. I, I think it does matter that that the five hundred gigs is covered. SSDs. You're essentially you're essentially it lowering. You basically have less confidence in a per cell basis in that drive than you do on the five hundred gig by a factor of four. Yeah, which if, seems if, dumb. If you assume that the terabyte written is just confidence in your flash, well, that's that's what it is. It's a warranty based on how much you writ, wrote the flash. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure they're doing it because of enterprise stuff. Honestly, sounds like a layered problem. I mean, sure, but I mean, because there really the 500 is 500 gig. They're not. So well, what? Like, I could use 500 gigs for a bunch of like. I, I wouldn't imagine they're they're bending their crappier flash to put I in this one. I wouldn't think so either. Which again makes the issue of why yeah. not just warranty it for the same amount. Well, uh, maybe I'll just ask them and see if they just can give me a statement. They won't say anything. But no. Probably not. Uh, let's move on to our uh, news items for the week. We'll run through these fairly quickly. Uh, Power Color leaks a Radeon RX 480 Red Devil. Um, I never knew they made fishing lures. I don't... Does it spin? I've never fished with a Red Devil. I don't... I'm going to say no. You just don't get out, do you? Uh, I don't fish out, that's for sure. Is it a spinner? I mean, who does spinners? Only real fishermen do fly fishing. What? Huh. It kind of sucks in a lake, though. I mean, <laughs> I fly just sits there. <laughs> uh, uh, so this is what's interesting about this card is that it has an 8-pin PCI Express connection. Um, and I don't imagine it will be the only RX 480 graphics card. Um Whoa, whoa. They're frantically board designers replacing the <laughs> six pin with the eight pin and eagle for the past couple weeks in Taiwan. Uh, yes, uh, it doesn't actually round anywhere, but we would put an eight pin on it. Yeah, yeah the, the, the extra pins actually just terminate <laughs> immediately. Uh, no pricing, no availability, just a picture. Uh, no clock rates. That was uh, something written up written up by Scott. Um, and then they also have uh, apparently Asus. Has will have a Strix card RX 480 coming up very and if, soon. If you thought the uh, power caller was compensating, rumor has that this one's got a six and an eight pin attached to it. Six and an eight. What? Got six and an eight. Just in case the six isn't enough, you don't even need the PCI bus power. No, it doesn't draw anything off of your PCIe slot. We'd prefer that. Get, take ten watts from that. That's all you need. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> custom PCB. Yep. DirectCU three cooler. Um, similar design to what we have in the 1080 and the 1070. Uh, uh, Thank goodness for designs. RGB. Yeah, I mean, look at that dog. If it wasn't RGB, I wouldn't be happy. It, are, like, so the red lines on the front of it yep. kind of look like they're added in MS Paint. They might have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it, the sad thing is those are actually the decals that ship with it. Looks like a Trogdor. Nice. So there you go. Uh, this one will apparently have eight gigs of memory running at eight gigahertz. I remember when AMD launched 480, they talked about there may be a lot of cards that did not have uh, memory running at that speed. Um, so we'll see when we get these type when you get these ref- these non reference cards in if we can overclock any higher. If we have any different power concerns, hopefully they'll have AMD will have said, "Hey, make sure this is doing this." Mm-hmm. Guys, you, guys, guys, don't make the same mistake we did. <laughs> don't do what we did, please. <laughs> <Don't> do it. <laughs> uh, what else is up? Jeremy, you posted about the Silverstone TDO3 Slim 
all caps S L I M. I assume that means it's skinny. What's what's the deal oh, here? It's, it's really wee. It, it really is. Huh. Twenty two millimeters thick is all. That's yeah, cool. and that's including the fan. Oh really? Yeah, that's yeah, including that, that hundred and twenty mil fan strapped on there. So uh, is this useful for small form factor systems, I oh, guess, yeah. where you have clearance issues and stuff? Exactly, and the tube's 310 mil, so you can actually route that uh, little bo- or the little radiator pretty much anywhere in a large case that you're going to want to do, or in a small case that you want to do. In some, in some cases, I would imagine the, the length of tube tubes. would be a problem, right? Like, well, you could always cut them and splice them. It's easier than making them shorter than longer, but I don't think in this case it's going to be too horrible. I don't think you should cut and splice these. I'm going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you're the one with a spilly cup beside his rental laptop, so... <laughs> But uh, no, just for small form factor systems, this is pretty damn good. And it's just so ridiculously tight to the CPU socket that even in those systems where the RAM is squished right up against it, right. you should be fine. Did they mention, Don't use it on your heavily overclocked desktop. You're, you're going to be disappointed. Did they mention what the thermal dissipation of this is compared to some of the other water coolers maybe? Like, uh, it's got to be less, if I right? jump to that page, it's, it's not awful. It's not wonderful. See uh, what were they having it close to? Uh, why do you not highlight the super bloody slim one no that refills one twenty minute mil? Here we go. Here we go. Let's specifications. So the, it's around the uh, Be Quiet SR two, like pretty much bang on the Be Quiet do SR two. Do they really just like not list a TDP on their site? Yeah, I'm looking on the no, on the don't. Silverstone page mm. and I don't see a TDP. That's annoying at best. Listed it really is. Yeah, case for max is sixty-five watts. Where do you see that? No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> that would have been perfectly reasonable. Uh, wait a minute. That's a different cooler. That is totally not the same cooler. Yeah, it, right. there so you have go. like a CPU uh, compatibility chart. Yeah, that's why I was looking uh, under recommendations, and they only list cases. They don't list um, CPUs, but. Yeah, I don't know. Downloads. What the, what, yeah, I'll just look under downloads. What could no, the list might actually be under downloads. You think so? Nope. No. Er, okay. There's a manual, but no help. No, no information. CDR. No such information under Q&A. But I would say that <laughs> any i3 or i5 or one of the non-extreme AMD processors are going to be just fine with this. Right. Uh, speaking of coolers, Phononics. Phononics. Phononics has a... Did we talk about this last week? No, we talked about it here at the office. We didn't actually talk about it on the show. Um, Because we have one of these in. This is a new Hex 2.0 TEC um, cooler. It's a thermoelectric cooler. So we got this cooler in. I honestly didn't know what it was. But I saw that it had a 6-pin power connection. 6-pin PCI Express-style power connection. You don't want to draw too much from the bus. A (laughs) a (laughs) uh, 4-pin regular fan header on it. And then there's a micro-USB port underneath all of that. And I was like, okay, that's obviously there's a lot going on here. What is this? So this is a a thermoelectric base plate cooler that has inside this uh, black part in the middle is an actual – is a fan – and then you've got two two sets of fins on the outside, and then the thermoelectric part. Which Josh, correct me on on this, but this is uh, you're you're actually actively pulling power from the CPU 
it's supposed to passively, right? You're, 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 well, it, okay, what it is is it's a, uh, a piezoelectric cooler. So when you run a current through something, it transfers the heat from the bottom to the top. So what you need to do to actually get it to work is, is you, you have a, like a chunk of metal on the bottom – and then that uh, kind of because I okay, gosh darn it. Okay, okay. If okay. you were to have the, the the actual unit itself directly touching the CPU or whatever, it doesn't adequately cool the spikes that you'll see with the CPU. And so you know they have a, a pretty thick solid copper block. Then the um, the Peltier, and then on there is is how you you cool it. So all it does is it makes the bottom really cold. And, the, and it transfers the heat to the top, so it cools down that that solid you know mass that that accepts the heat from the CPU. And uh, when you do it, and you apply enough uh, electricity and, and current through there, it can get really, really, really cold. As in, like you know, ten C. Gotcha. Okay. Well, well it, less well, than that. It can actually go freezing if you don't actually have a heat source. Yeah, uh, I, there, I don't think yeah. this one's going that far, um, but. It's it's interesting. It can actually draw as much as thirty five watts. This cooler can drive it can draw yeah. as much as thirty five watts. Um, but the USB connection actually connects to software and Windows that basically um, will only enable the the TEC portion of it, the thermoelectric portion of it, when the temperatures get higher. Right, so it's not always in TEC mode. It will just be a a passive heat sink at that point um, with a with an active fan. So I. We've got one of these in. We're going to mess around with it. Um, well, I mean, test it out, but there's probably a reason that Peltier coolers came out, what, about five, six years ago and then disappeared oh, they except were out for a couple of few custom Oh, no. I, the first Peltier I ever had was with a K6 233 that I was able to overclock to 259 megahertz. Ooh, not bad. And it was... Uh, I've I've got it somewhere behind me. I could. It's not unfortunately within reach. So those with bingo bingo cards, you're out of luck. But I've kept that damn thing, and uh, yeah, it 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 made a significant difference at that time. Uh, but you know the the heat sink then was, you know, it was it was, that <laughs> it was big a square. big chunk of metal. <laughs> it yeah. was small. It was you know the 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 fin height was was that high, and it was just this this white uh, uh, Peltier unit with uh, you know two. Two sets of wires coming off of it. It was neat stuff, yeah. and it, it it helped overclock my uh, my K six back in the day. But you know that uh, that actually had a. Uh... There... Go ahead. Well, the best mod I ever saw was someone who ripped apart uh, their car seats to do it, because that's how a lot of uh, car seat temperature control is being done is by a Peltier cooler. Just runs a little bit of energy in and pulls uh, heat away from your butt, or pushes it back up. No, and no, so someone actually <laughs> literally modded that into a system. And because those things are significantly larger than your average heat sink, that one actually worked. I did know, uh, 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 speaking of crazy cooling ideas, I did know somebody who may or may not be in the chat who used their pool in their backyard <laughs> to put a pump in to push water cooling into their system um, in, in the house. Right, So they basically had a pump in the pool – and filtered 
circulated water all the way through that to get their uh, to get their their system cooled down. So if you want to talk about crazy stuff, that's oops, that's one of those. Uh, but this is this is still expensive. It's 150 bucks for this uh, phenonic new hex should 2.0. Be really quiet. Should be quiet. Yeah. Um, and so we'll we'll have somebody run through the the tests on it. it should be should be interesting. Uh, very quickly, Qualcomm announced the Snapdragon 821, which is basically a higher clock speed bin over the 820, up to 2.4 gigahertz as opposed to 2.2 gigahertz on this guy. Uh, still a quad core uh, cryo design, two pairs of dual CPU, dual core CPU clusters. Um, it's kind of an odd um, uh, uh, announcement because it is such a like, hey, it's just a clock bin speed a little bit higher um my guess is that there is a new phone coming out that will use this processor like a new nexus device or something like that that is going to use this they wanted a faster skew from qualcomm they got it and so they need to put like a brand around it or something yeah it does seem it, it just seems odd that yeah. it's like it's not a new architecture there's nothing changed about it. they don't even talk about the gpu in their announcement Hmm. They only talk about uh, so we assume that the GPU is the same from the A twenty one to the A twenty. I think it's clocked a little higher. They said, "Oh, really? Yeah, like like thirty megahertz or something like okay. that." Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think it is about Nexus time, so that might make sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it goes from six twenty four to six fifty. <laughs> oh man, on Blazing. the GPU side. So there's that. Uh, I don't want really to think about this, Jeremy. What is CryptoDrop, an early warning system against ransomware? Well, if you're like us and you work with complete and utter, unspeakably I work idiotic with, people I work who click most. on the attachments, you, you end up spending a lot of time restoring from tape because ransomware has <laughs> taken over their system and every other bloody network like drive they're connected are to. Are you speaking from experience? Uh, even as of yesterday, <laughs> I'm just more amazed I, that you restore things from tape. Hey, it's good dead storage. It's tape, it's cheap, and unless there's a fire in the facility holding it, it's going to be reliable. Yeah, that's like the cheapest so, thing. These guys are a bunch of researchers systems. out of Villanova and University of Florida. So, hey, something actually good came out of Florida that uh, has essentially locked down three good ways of checking for ransomware. One is you've got a whole bunch of files which are changing their extension. You've got a whole bunch of files that have suddenly changed from uh, one set of data to another. So if, if you're doing a file comparison, once you encrypt something, it looks vastly different from what it did before it was encrypted. Mm-hmm. And third, they're measuring the entropy of it. You encrypt something, uh, you can actually measure the increase in entropy as it's going up. So this little piece of software that they're probably going to sell for gobs of money, and I don't care, like, I don't care who picks it up, just somebody pick this stuff up. (laughs) It will stop that process dead, put up a little prompt saying, hi, I noticed that there's a whole bunch of files look like they're being encrypted. Are you doing a mass change to a Photoshop, uh, via Photoshop to a whole bunch of files? Are you doing a mass uh, encryption via PGP? Are you zipping 87 folders? Or <laughs> is this something that should maybe stop? And I think I can deal with that pop-up every once in a while when I'm zipping up a thousand files to say, no, no, that, that one's cool yep. to stop the whole 
yeah, your entire file system seems to be encrypting itself. Is is this a problem? Do you, would you like us maybe yeah, to stop this? Fine. Yeah, but users would go, yeah, 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 whatever. Just keep working. And in <laughs> which case, they deserve it, and they're also going to on the damn attachment in the first place. So, so does, does this pop up on perfect, their system? Does it pop up mm-hmm. on their system or your system being the administrator? I mean, you probably uh, you again, this is just the research paper, so right now oh. it will be their system. But if you're looking at uh, enterprise-level AV... Yeah, it actually probably should be able to sever that computer from the network until you can talk to the person to say, uh, I know you don't even know what a zip file is, but I just got to ask, were you doing zipping? What were you doing? What would you say you did here? This is brilliant, and I'm amazed that we actually haven't seen this implemented by one of the major AV vendors already. But the fact that it exists... Research has to be done first. Yeah, well, it's been done. Now get it out there, please. I beg you. Who likes civilization? Backing up a games? terabyte from tape is not fun. I never really got into them. Who likes civilization games? Jeremy, you like civilization games? Yeah, but I'm still mostly playing Civ Four. You never moved on to five, huh? Sounds a lot like, of people. I, like a civilization. And I hated it, and a lot I went of back didn't to like four. Five? Yeah. Huh. Well, it, what do you think about wasn't. six? What do you think about Civ Six? It looks interesting, and towards the late game. Those of us running AMD GPUs are going to have a significant advantage because asynchronous compute is going to be in Civ 6. All right, all right. It, it's not going to be so good in the early game where you're not really doing anything, and honestly, Civs aren't oh, usually... Oh, wait, they, they gave that much detail that, like, end game... I thought you meant, like, end game as, like, end of development. You're talking about, no, like, in the game itself... Because 99% of the screen is black and it's just you and one little warrior running around. It's not exactly a graphical powerhouse showcase. Towards the end of the game where there are thousands of units everywhere and it's calculating all the time, this will help you scroll. There won't be that lag. They're also going to support the new, uh, what do they call it, discrete multi-GPU? Explicit multi-adapter. Yeah, discrete multi-adapter. Explicit. 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 Thank you. He said discrete. Oh, well, I, I, I should. Explicit. I'm usually more explicit than discreet. That's strange. Sure, true, very true. So it, it's it's a big thing. I, we're seeing a lot of more asynchronous compute stuff coming out. 2K and Firaxis, big publishers, mm-hmm. now comfortable with it. I think we're going to be seeing this in more. But for those of us looking forward to trying Civ Six, isn't this out soon? I think uh, I'd have to check Steam, but. In a month or so, is it that soon? Because I, I, I've been seeing a, several. I saw several videos about Civ Six in the last couple of yeah. days. Yeah, they've shown off two of the uh, two of the civilizations. They uh, showed. Egypt. I thought I saw who, who's uh, who's our president in this one. Um, Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, yeah. he, he gets really upset when people go to war on his continent. <laughs> yes. Kind of like right weird, weird. What's that? Yeah, it's it's weird that yeah yeah. October. Um, They're telling me in the chat October. Yeah. Fraxis is always really good at, like, enabling forward-facing rendering and stuff like that. Like, they had a Mantle version of Civ 5, I think, didn't they? Or one of the Civs, Beyond Earth, maybe, was Mantle? (laughs) Yeah, I think it was Beyond Earth. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, they've, like, always been hot on the latest DX stuff. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, hey, it's, in a way, it's looking good for AMD on the software side. I... There are a lot of games that they're showing a significant advantage of. Uh, actually, speaking of APIs and APIs, including of you know this one up here, yeah, <laughs> Doom on Vulcan. Um, so this came out this week. The Vulcan patch for Doom kind of surprised some people. 
And uh, with it come some performance changes along the way. So, for example, uh, in this result from computerbase.de, it shows the Fury X is now faster than the 1070. Um, Here's what's interesting, right? If you look at the uh, Fury X under OpenGL, these are normalized scores, it's 83% of a of a 1070. Okay. Yep. With Vulcan, it's 126% of a 1070. So it was behind it. It yeah. was behind. It was, Wait, it was 17% slower, and now it's 26% faster. That's which is nifty because usually Vulcan did the lower end carts. Right? They, they give you yeah. a boost in Battlefield 4 if you were lower end, but the upper end, yeah. And before, you know, with Mantle, it was always like, oh, you know, depending on your processor configuration, sometimes you'll see advantages and sometimes you wouldn't. This with, – with the Doom Vulcan badge, this is not the case. Now, it's worth noting that, a, that NVIDIA sees almost no change going from OpenGL to Vulcan, right? Sometimes for, you get for, like 1% for up, 900 series, 2% right? up. Uh, yeah. For anything, well, 900, for, 900 Ti goes from ninety six to ninety seven percent. But weren't they the ones showing this off? Nvidia was the first company to show off Vulcan. Didn't they give weird I mean, performance claims? Have they just uh, not put that remember. stuff in their driver? Yeah, yet? but they no. haven't. You know, Pelly even said the other day, "It's like we support Vulcan, but this is not a game ready driver for it." Okay. So here's the thing: like, remember when we had the DX11, DX12 push initially? Yeah. Right. How it worked was AMD was was behind in DX11 benchmarks, right? And NVIDIA was ahead. And the DX12, it kind of like evened things out. In other words, the insinuation was that AMD's DirectX 11 drivers were crap, but on DX12, they were on parity with every, everybody was on parity together. With Vulkan, there's you might have been able to think that, but with Doom at least, it seems to be that that AMD is seeing gains that are actually taking it above where NVIDIA is at with that. And 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 I did uh, – I ran a quick test on this with um, – oh, hey, look. PC Perspective is live now. Um, where I compared like a 970 and uh, uh, the 480, right? So this is a – let me maximize this out some. Oh, wait, no. It's going to block the number, isn't it? So this is the scores under OpenGL, mm-hmm. where the RX 480 is about 10 frames per second slower than the GTX 970. Yep. Right? But if we jump to uh, a Vulkan-enabled mode, the, the RX 480 actually goes up by 28%. The NVIDIA card goes up by essentially 0%. And the end result is that with the Vulkan patch, the RX 480 is 15% faster than the 970. So do we know how much of that, like, 28% gain is, like, async compute? No. Okay. Well, so it's Vulkan, not DirectX 12. So asynchronous compute is not the same thing. Okay. So right? this is a- not... Asynchronous shading capability that's kind of a DirectX 12 feature is... It exists in a form in Vulkan, but it's very different. Okay. Right? So I don't know. I don't know if it if it is asynchronous computing. So if that's in there, current, it's not the whole twenty eight. It's not the whole thing. It's, okay. It's other just efficiency improvements in in Vulcan. That is an awful lot of efficiency improvements. It's a huge it change, is. but to only apply to AMD. Yep. But that's the thing. I mean, Hilbert over at Guru Three D when this first came up did some really quick and dirty benchmarks. Uh, I'm sure they're going to pass it. They're, they're going to go over it again. But he did it on the ten seventy. And there was about zero point zero one percent change. Right. 
Just yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. I, I, I can't, I honestly can't explain why NVIDIA doesn't seem to have a performance gain with Vulcan. You know, like if you know, AMD has only had about three years to do, you know, Vulcan yeah. slash mantle. You're right. You're right. And, and that's, and that's, and that's where, you know, AMD says all the work we put into mantle turned into Vulcan, we're seeing the fruits of that labor now. And I guess that's we I guess that's what the answer is. I just it it actually surprises me that NVIDIA doesn't like come out ahead or or does it or hasn't like offered some statement on this or some improvement on this or something because like Ken was right. They showed the Vulcan Doom running Vulcan first at their 1080 tech day. Yeah. Right? And so it's not like they haven't had time. Yeah. Now but the, the other thing that baffles is, now, me I though is I want to say this: this is a GTX 970, not a GTX 1060. The 1060 is going to be faster than the 970. Sure. I don't know how by by how much, but it's possible that the 1060 will then be faster than the RX 480 again, even if it doesn't see an advantage in Vulcan over OpenGL. So, is, so yeah. the, the other thing that baffles me is like you're you're getting the same stuff on the screen. It's not like the game dumbed itself down yeah, or there's less textures to render why with Vulcan. In the chat, I do want to say we're running TSSAA on it because I know that async compute there was a developer for yeah, yeah. id software uh, that said asynchronous compute is only enabled if you have TSSAA enabled and that's what we did or right. it was yeah. off you got or TSSAA MSAA yeah. Yeah. disables all we were that. using okay. one of the ones where it was enabled yeah, yeah okay. it was enabled but like it's not like the game is doing less work with this, right? Like, I mean, I, I I bet Nvidia's statement would be that their OpenGL code path was already better than AMD's, sure. and that would be uh, that would be a perfectly valid claim if the scores were even after the Vulcan patch. They ain't right, and with the DX12 stuff, that's what happened, right? Yeah. Is yeah. like yeah. AMD caught up to Nvidia with DX12 in most instances, right? At least initially, right? And in this case, now we're seeing things go faster. Like, look at Hitman in uh, DX12, AMD yeah, versus yeah. NVIDIA. So, so now, now, they're, up. now they're going faster even again. Is the Correct. Point, right? So it's like, where is that coming from? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Is it, it's closer to the metal. It is, it is that they have spent a long time optimizing their drivers and their architecture for Mantle that became Vulcan. So then potentially it is, again, that same argument just repeated, where like the older driver or the older you know DX11 stuff just wasn't as good as it could have been. Maybe older OpenGL stack was wasn't as good. I mean maybe. I mean I mean more I mean, power like think think about like it's not just like optimizations. Your entire driver architecture Oh yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. if you have been building for Mantle since before Fiji, right? Okay, it's been well, then, built for this. Well then then maybe that's up. that's what they did their gamble on and like I'm just happy to see the thing going faster. Like yeah, when you no. see a thirty percent jump it, it in was, performance, it was a like, noticeable difference. Yeah, and yeah, it when, was shocking. Yeah, to me. when you get that and much of a jump, it was more shocking to me than when I threw in the nine seventy and I saw no change. I have to call Nvidia and be like, uh, "What's wrong just, with this just thing?" So, just so we're clear, <laughs> I went from one hundred nine point five to one hundred ten point two. Like that's margin of error. Yeah, he's like, "No, that's that's where we're at right now." And I said, "Okay, we'll go about it our own way." So, um, okay, we'll I, see. But it does come with a funny drawback, though. What's that? Uh, one of the fragging frogs was uh, tweeting either today or yesterday that after applying this, it's now taking his FreeSync monitor out of range. And he's actually had to downclock the card to make sure that it never actually breaks uh, the 144 megahertz uh, barrier or whatever the monitor he had was. After, after installing this Doom patch? Because it's now going so fast that the FreeSync is actually 
struggling to keep up and dropping it down. Uh, well, he can. Uh, there's a setting. He's downclocked the card. Yeah, I, there's a setting in the driver where if you don't downclock the card, you can like set a cap on your frame yes. rate. I think AMD does that in their driver now. I'm pretty sure that's what I told oh, okay, them to do, okay. but I just sort of laughed saying, yeah. it, okay, I wouldn't have expected that, but... Well, okay. I mean, suddenly you're going over the 144 frames per second. You're Well, I mean, he can turn V-Sync on or turn V-Sync off, right? Those are your two options yeah. for FreeSync. So. so there you go. We'll, we'll be doing some more on that. And um, tomorrow uh, there will be another new benchmark out uh, that will be DX12 enabled. I, I guess I'm not supposed to. I don't know if it's a public thing that it's even a thing. I don't know. It's not a game. Um, I mean, people <laughs> people know that there's a benchmark coming. Yeah. So so tomorrow there will be another DirectX12 enabled benchmark that is released that will show some interesting results uh, as well regarding DX12, async compute, AMD versus NVIDIA, et cetera, et cetera. So on Thursday, make sure you come to pcper.com and uh, and and check that out. So. With that, let's get into our hardware and software picks of the week. Uh, I am prepared this week, so I have mine. It is in this very box right here. I thought you were reaching for that cup. Uh, no, 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 no. So uh, I like big mats. And you cannot lie. And I, I will not lie. Um, and uh, I like to have my – I don't know why. I like to have my keyboard sitting on the same surface yeah. that the mouse is on. You want a blotter. A what? Yeah. A blotter. Listen, in the old days, when you had a nice wooden desk and you wanted to protect it, and you uh, wanted something that was yeah. nice to write your checks out on, uh-huh. and you know absorbed yep. the impact of your pen. Did they have tip, calendars on them a lot? Uh, that was later, but okay. originally they were just leather. Right. You know, leather's Fine not a Corinthian great, leather. The well, leather's not a great surface yeah. to write checks on. Um, it's too sure soft. It, it had a backing. No, it's it's that's how it your checks had a backing. That's maybe. what you did. Okay, you just, well, you know. In any event, um, I like big mouse pads, big mouse mats, and um, I asked Corsair <laughs> to send over one. Uh, this is the Corsair Gaming MM three hundred, and it is a um, nine hundred and thirty millimeter by three hundred millimeter mouse mat. Nine hundred and thirty. Nine hundred and thirty millimeters. <laughs> What's that translate to in real numbers? Is that Jeremy? three feet? I don't know, but how about I show you? And this is what it is. Oh, okay. it's got a pattern on is it. Is that too long? Because like some desks whoa, whoa, whoa. are only like three feet wide. Yeah. So that might be too wide. Like this it is hang meant off. to have your keyboard on it. No, I get it. And then your mouse. Yeah. Can everybody see it? What, what but you it's say? too big for Alan's lap dog. That's the problem. <laughs> what did you say? 930 millimeters? 930 millimeters. Um, they sell them, I think, without the pattern It's just well. under three foot. Uh, I believe maybe not the extended one. It's actually. just over three, thirty-six point six. Yeah, sorry, just a little bit over three foot. I mean, I think some desks are like thirty-eight. No, inches they do wide, sell without the pattern as well, but it doesn't have the anti-fray cloth surface, which is basically Ooh. just a, a sewn edge on everything. <laughs> yeah, which I will say the one that I, the older version I have on my desk, doesn't have the anti-fray and it's starting to fray. So perhaps the anti-fray is worth it. But does that kind of catch the mouse if you're like going towards the edge and like you know then it hits that. Is it, um, as opposed a, to just going off of the mat, yeah, 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 yeah. probably it would. Huh. But I mean, if you're just going off of the mat, it's not too high up. That's true. But it might it might catch it. It kind of boxes this you in a little bit. This is 29 bucks on Amazon. That's not bad. Um, no, well, I the mean, question is, will your cup stick to it? Uh, <laughs> it will not. I'm going to say no. It's a very soft, <laughs> porous surface. But I have a big enough desk that the cup goes behind the mouse mat, right? Yeah. So this, I, I actually am a big fan of. Uh, of this, and like I said, I have the original one that does not have the anti-fray. I would, 
you know, give or take on the on the on the design, it's okay. It doesn't look bad necessarily. You're gonna have a keyboard over Chances most are, of it anyway. Just, yeah, well, the keyboard's over most of this. You're gonna be mousing over this. Nobody's. You don't have to know what it is. Um, but thirty bucks. Uh, the MM three hundred. I. It should be called the MM nine thirty, for the length. The three hundred yeah. of the the, 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 the yeah. width or depth or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, they're selling themselves short. If you know what I mean. Always use a bigger number if you could use a bigger number. That's my hey, marketing. MM one thousand because it's almost a meter. Yeah, yeah. So you just say round down. How much? How long did we decide three hundred thirty millimeters was? Uh, is thirty six and a half or so. Thirty six and a half inches. Air over wow. three feet. Wow. All right. So that Corsair MM300. Oh. What was that X-Track pet? Here we go. The X-Track one that I had. I don't know if the this XXXXL. is... The XXXXL. This oh, one yeah, only has... Quadruple this, the Ripper XXL. Well, this it's one only has right two... Uh, oh. oh, it's cut off. Is it in the tube? Oh. Yeah, it's you in the tube. You got the huge tube? Uh, yeah, I found... Extra, extra large desk map. Yeah, I found the XXL. Is that the huge one? I think... No, there were at least four X's in the damn thing. Yeah, it's, I, I got that. But the thing was, like, I couldn't have my monitor on the desk with it because, like, half of the, the front half of the monitor stand yeah. overlapped onto the... Like, I would have to cut a little horseshoe out of it <laughs> Yeah, um, for the monitor to sit flat, which seemed kind of like there was just too much. <laughs> too, too much, Pat. Too much, right. Matt. Yeah, just too much, Matt. Oh, man. Uh, all right, Jeremy, what do you got? Oh, well, you can buy uh, googly eyes that you can stick on. No, uh, no, don't go for an Allen pick. No, no, not that. All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, looking around on Newegg, and I found a really good deal for us up here in Canada. Okay. Uh, okay, now the Kingston SSD, now UV400 is not the best SSD on the planet. However, at 480 gig for $116, that's not too bad because... That 960 gig drive that you guys bought on Prime Day yesterday, yeah, that wasn't the same deal up here. Not even close. Yeah. So if you utterly hate MLC for whatever reason, why not try TLC for dirt cheap? Because that one, it's it's close enough to your price range, too, almost. Right. uh, Well... It's not forty eight dollars. It's not forty eight bucks, but when you transfer it in the in the U.S., <laughs> the it's like twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right, Josh, me. What? That's what? Are you looking at? What's, um, your, what's your pick? So, your wife likes to break screens on cell phones. She and does. Break them, and then she just breaks you the whole phone. Just don't feel like you know going and spending one hundred and fifty bucks to get the screen replaced. I don't. Nobody does. You, me, nobody likes to lose. So now this just came out yesterday. <clears throat> Amazon's new, the brand new Moto G fourth generation, 16 gig. It's got on the unlock screen ads, which gives you the $150 price. Mm. But it's fully compatible with all those carriers. It's- and it's, you know, it's a... Octa-core, 1.5 gigahertz, 2 gigs of RAM, 1080p. I mean, you get it for just 150 bucks right it out of the It says it's 199 with ads. Right yeah, yeah we get a $500 okay, or a $50 if you got a prime, card. For the 16 gigs. Oh, okay, I didn't see that. Oh, get a $50. Oh, wait. Okay. Now, Josh, I got to ask, does this come with the, the one-click buy feature? You mean like the detergent thing? 
Oh, you no, like the washer. Amazon, you, you just click the ad and you've bought it. I wouldn't it. doubt it, but I have no clue. I, you might want to look into that. I kind of like the idea of just seeing Amazon deals of the day on the on the home screen of my phone. <laughs> if it's I like, could like, install dangerous. that it's, and they'd pay me. It sounds dangerous. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'd do that. I would absolutely do that if I could install that on my iPhone and if, be like. If you could install that and they gave you free Prime. No, no, I just want to see the deals. I know, but they should give you something. For having yeah, basically they give me, an give ad, me sweet deals at Amazon. Is well, they give sweet, me. but they should give you free Prime. Just give me like fifty bucks, whatever. How many care. of our readers don't have Prime? Yeah, really. uh, there's got to be. Uh, that's true. There's like got to be two. some. But they should give you free Prime. Prime Day was good. Anybody get anything good on Prime Day? Oh, sorry, Alan, you're next. Good at SSD. <laughs> Josh, poor Josh. It was so funny because he was like so happy. I was like, oh, I got this. It's on sale. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and then, I had one in my cart, and then like, and then like, I saw the chat and was like, hey, that that wasn't a spectacular SSD, Josh. I'm sorry, man. Like, oh, um, you know. All right, so what we got? Ah, uh, this guy. Ah, look at this. My house telescopes have changed and become small things. Weird. We don't need a tube in them. Yeah, well, not only that, or but there's a, a whole bunch of, like, like literally, the O-scope, like, that I used to have was, like, this deep or yeah, something like that. Yeah, because it had that. a CRT in it. Because it had, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hardly. Uh, so this is a four-channel O-scope from a company called Rigel. And some it's of... I thought it was going to be. Some of you might already have, like, been familiar with this. I was kind of tracking it and just finally got to the point where I was like, okay, fine, I just need to have one of these because my, the only scope I have is this analog thing that's, like, you know, about to fall apart or whatever. But 400 bucks, you get a four-channel oscilloscope. This thing can measure four different things at the same time, right? And the channel bandwidth on the model that you, as as you get it, it's a 50 megahertz scope. So you can read signals up to 50 megahertz, you know, uh, frequency. Right. Um, Sure. It also has a, it's kind of like a hardware frequency counter built into it, which is kind of a unique thing for that. Like, so it can measure stuff, even if the sample rate like wasn't able to keep up it has like an actual hardware chip looking at the input that will give you an exact frequency that's out to like four decimal places or something crazy like that as, as you know, if you're trying to tune something or, or whatever like right. comes in handy all sorts of other features um it came in handy for us when we were doing the power testing stuff because the software that comes with uh the other uh you know uh analog digital converter like, it's just kind of like, if you just want to watch something real time, it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. It's nice for making the charts for the articles after the fact, like recording something. Right, recording. Um, but if you just want to watch something carefully, um, you know, real time, you need an oscilloscope, right? Um, it also kind of doubles as a voltmeter, you know, you just set it to DC and you can just look at something and it'll just tell you what the voltage is. You know, you, so if you're kind of trying to get into electronics or whatnot and you're doing things where you need to be able to see signals... Uh, I would highly recommend this for that price. The specs that it comes with is really like it's just really good price for starters. Mm-hmm. And then, if you're handy with poking around to some of the darker corners on the internet and finding uh, a certain key generator, because this particular product is unlockable, it has features that are unlockable. It's DLC, uh, kind of like yeah, DLC. Yeah, oscilloscope DLC. Uh, it's kind of like DLC. So uh, this you're co- not paying for it. Th- this company makes a scope that's similar to this, but is a 100 megahertz scope, so double the sample rate. Okay. Okay. Uh, and has some extra features, and that scope goes for like 800 bucks. 
And even that one still has things that would need to be unlocked if you wanted, like, all the bells and whistles. Like, there's, uh, there's like, I2C decoding. There's, like, uh, you know, you could actually put the probe on the right pin of the controller on the 480, the RX 480, mm-hmm. and you could watch those I2C commands come in to tell it to do the, right. you know, to, to change its power control and stuff like that. Um, you know, other, like, logic decoding and stuff like that. It can actually decode, like, a hex stream, like, on the fly, and it'll, sh- it'll show you in hex, like, what's going past. Hmm. If you were, like, looking at, uh, R- you know, RS-232 serial or something like that. Right. So it's, you know, just all kinds of cool stuff that could be unlocked if you find the right place and you just enter, like, the serial number for the product into this, uh, into this thing and just say, hey, turn on all the features. Then you just kind of, like, put the code back into it and you get all the features turned on. So this is now... Thanks to like just looking around on the internet, 100 megahertz sample rate scope. Now, didn't you say it was quicker to mod than it is to turn on? Yeah, it took like it, no. I, I did the uh, I did the self calibration, which takes like 18 minutes or something like that when I first got it, and then like the the mod took like as long as it took me to type in. I think it was like an eight character string, which had to I had to I had to turn the dial on the front of the scope to like punch in each Murdery. character, right? <laughs> so it kind of took me a little while, but then it just it just unlocked everything and i was like oh okay cool um so so can you decode the inputs on the uh the original xbox bus so you can make mod chips ooh, for it probably uh pr- i mean probably <laughs> I, I mean it's got it, it has it has a decent amount of memory and you can like manually force the sample rate to be lower so that you can end up like recording multiple seconds in a row in memory mm-hmm. like if you trigger it on the right thing i think it's like uh I think it's like 28 meg of of memory. So if you're only recording one channel, like 28 megabytes worth of samples potentially. Yeah, that's a lot of samples. Um, and and there's also uh, kind of open source or community driven stuff going on to where you can actually download the data from it. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, so it has USB. I believe it's USB two and uh, Ethernet connectivity. And uh, just because of the chipsets in, in this particular scope, like the USB seems to be faster. Uh, there's even a couple of apps that you can you can uh, find out there that will just let you watch the scope. Yeah, like on a laptop. It's yeah, not that's obvi- what I'm thinking. It with a NIC in there, that's actually interesting. Yeah, yeah. You could have a NIC in there. You could have this thing just like plugged into something, monitoring it, then somewhere yeah. else in the building, and then you can just like be looking at that and monitoring it on uh, yeah. another computer somewhere else. It's like you have the O scope in like your electronics area, and for some reason there's a PC there, you could just like do logging yeah yeah you could log to it it is cool. slower obviously like yeah, it's you know right updates enough, slower but still um but yeah you got two phase power you got two inputs in there and away you go yeah but, basically i mean it's just does all kinds of stuff does like math functions you can have it like subtract channel one from channel two and multiply it by channel three and then that's your output i mean you can just do all sorts of could do that on your analog one huh uh no <laughs> no you could not uh, all right, so that's going to be our show for this week. Thank you, everybody. I, oh, wait, I do have one more request before we um, depart the show. Uh, if you haven't seen, there's a video going around of Terry Crews. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, who basically... Oh, no, I didn't know he was doing something again. He he built a gaming PC, like a $4,500 gaming PC, with like a 2 terabyte 850 Pro and a GTX 1080 and uh, a Phantom, NZXT Phantom case and uh, Asus X99 motherboard, a 6800K... Uh, uh, Broadwell CPU. E processor. So, 
I'm going to try to get Terry to come on our podcast or do a show or do an interview where we talk to him about yeah. what he does in PC gaming, why he does it, what games he plays, what his system is, what drove him to build the new system. I mean, it was cool. He had so, a nice build. So I need, I need everybody watching or listening after the fact to send Terry a tweet on Twitter. He's at <laughs> Terry Cruz, T-E-R-R-Y-C-R-E-W-S, just as it sounds, at Terry Cruz. And make sure you put at Ryan Shroud or at PC Per or both in there and say, hey, uh, love to see you on the show. Love to see you on the podcast. These guys know hardware. They'd love to, to interview and talk with you. Yeah, so like hopefully him, we get enough people to do that. It'd be cool if he'd come in and respond. talk about his build. Like I, I assume he probably – he was talking about putting it together with his kids. So I assume yeah, it's he probably said, running like, now. He did PC gaming because it's something to do to hang out with his kid and that yeah. they, they do in common. I think it would be really cool to, to talk about that angle of it. Um, so yeah, and it was a, a. I posted a link to it on Twitter. I think I said this is my new favorite thing, and it was a link to a Facebook video. Yeah, that he posted up. So at Terry Cruz and add at Ryan Shroud, add at PC Per, and say, hey, these guys were talking about you. They want to get you on the show. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and we'll go from there. So that'd be awesome. And then we'll see if we can get Terry Tate on as well. <laughs> I think it's packaged <laughs> office linebacker. Yeah, you know yeah. it. <laughs> Uh, so that's it for us, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out. PCPer.com slash podcast, again, is the URL to find all the back episodes. Uh, you can get uh, uh, links to RSS files, MP3 downloads, SoundCloud embeds, video RSS, all that type of stuff, YouTube embeds as well. And, of course, PCPer.com slash live and PCPer.com slash subscribe if you want to come hang out when we do the uh, the actual live show. So we'll be back next week more shows more stuff to talk about and make sure you sign up for that mailing list because we will have another live stream uh, with sapphire next week uh, where we'll have some hardware to give away as well so that's it for me i'm ryan Shrout. i'm the irreverent jeremy holstrom i'm vanilla josh walrus <laughs>